transformed people have a transformative effect on their environment. My question for you is, are you a transformed person? Welcome to another episode of the Grow You Podcast. My name is Kiefer, and I am super honored, super humbled to be able to share this day with you. Thank you so much for welcoming me into your ears, welcoming me into your life and your heart. What today we're going to be discussing is how transformed people can transform the environment around. That's really the essence of what we do here at Grow You, is we want to help you get that 1% better just every single day so that you can help other people get better. And we firmly believe that if everybody else is getting better, then the world is going to get better right alongside you. So my question, you ready to get better today? You ready to get that 1% better? Let's get better together. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So being transformed starts with an attitude of gratitude. In that verse, Paul says, in view of God's mercy. If you've never heard the gospel before, it's the good news of this. God left his space in heaven because he loves you. And he came down to our place in heaven and on earth. He left his place to come to our place. Then he took our place on the cross. All so that he can take us back to his place in heaven. That is the good news. And that's a true gift that God gives us. And just like any good gift that we give, we need to have a good response of thankfulness. So what we need to do is we need to offer our lives as one big thank you to God for what he's done for us. Now, a clear way that we can do this is living with that attitude of gratitude. This means seeing every single thing in your life and saying thank you to God for it. Family, friends, talents, gifts, skills, opportunities, everything that you have, saying thank you. But it doesn't just end there. This also means that every obstacle in your life should be seen as an opportunity. And this is an idea that we're going to be diving into later on, but gratitude doesn't just end with the good. True gratitude is made mature in the good and the bad. Because we understand that with patience and time, every single lump of coal will be turned into a diamond. And this isn't necessarily making light of the problems in your lives, it's making the most of them. So when we embrace this kind of living, when we embrace the good things that God has given us and wait for the bad things to be transformed, it helps us to be transformed. And when we live like this, we'll naturally be different than those around us. We'll be living lives of positivity, encouragement, hope, and love. These lives look different than those around us. Now, when you live a life like this, 
Tree specialists, arborists, would call you an orthodox seed. These are the kind of trees that can withstand anything that the world throws at them. They can be planted in a desert and still thrive. So if you know who you are, you you know your why, right? Remember that. Apply your why. If you know that you've been created by God, for God, then what's going to happen is you are going to be that orthodox seed. This is the kind of person that the book of Psalm describes as a blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose life, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. That sounds pretty good, right? This makes you the kind of person who when hard times hit, that's not an obstacle. It's an opportunity. And this is how James, Jesus's brother, thinks of these kinds of things as well. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, pure joy. I love that. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? It produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That means that anxiety is just an opportunity to seek joy in God. This means that failure is just another opportunity to grow. Remember, failure is not the end unless you make it the end. This means that being hurt or being abandoned by others, boom, that's just another opportunity for thankfulness that you are held by Jesus. means that hurts and heartaches are just another chance to be embraced by the God who loves you. And yet again, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying making light of what you're going through. I'm saying make the most of what you're going through. When you live this kind of life, you also know that life isn't about you. You are not just a me-focused person. Focusing on what you need You're a you-focused, centered leader. You're focusing on the needs of others. So with that in mind, I need to ask you a question. Are you an oak tree or are you a black walnut tree? Let me explain. So there are certain kind of trees that change the ecology, that change the environment that they're planted in. When they are planted and they begin to grow, they'll have either a positive or a negative impact on those around them. Take oak trees, for instance. Now, oak trees are wonderful trees. In fact, I have one in my front yard. Oak trees have an incredible benefit for the environment around them. They, so, uh, they nourish the soil that they're planted in. They make flowers flourish, and they provide restful but also helpful shade. Now, if we follow Jesus... If we try our best to look like him, to copy him, to do what he does, right? Know that we're made by him and for him. Then we can be oaks. We can positively change the ecology of our environment. We can be a source of joy in moments of depression. Depression is is a critical issue right now. And it's reaching critical mass. And we need people in this world who are joyful, filled with joy. 
We can be a source of hope when despair creeps in. It constantly seems like despair is the end, but it's not. It's a means to an end because we need to realize that there's hope. There's something better in our world. We can be a source of love when hate provides in our culture. In a time where people are constantly putting others down, whether sarcastically or sincerely, we need to be a source of love. We can be a light to the world when darkness seems like the only thing around us. We can be oaks or we can be black walnut trees. Black walnut trees are poison to their environment. You see, they, their fruit, it, it, it leaks black resin into the soil that makes it so other plants, they can't thrive as well. And they're large frames that they shade out all other trees and plants, making it very difficult for them to get the nutrition that they need. You see, they change their ecology, but they change it for the worse. And we ourselves can be this way. If we're not careful, when we are conformed to the rest of the world, rather than being transformed, when we act like the rest of the world, we make the world worse. So when we gossip, when, when our, our coworkers, our friends, or our, our neighbors, even strangers are talking negatively about somebody else, Maybe when we stay silent when someone says or does something that's, that's not kind, that's not good. When we spew negativity either online, on social media, or in our own circles. When we lie, we cheat, we steal, when we hurt, when we just act with apathy, we make the world no better than it was. So you have a choice. You can impact those around you for the better, or you can do it for the worse. Let me tell you a story of how it went for me one time. So I'm 16 years old, sitting in a hotel room in Alabama for my brother's graduation from military school. And my mom comes up to me and says three words that change my attitude. He needs you. Let me back up. So it's the beginning of my junior year and life is going really well. I've got a beautiful girlfriend that I love spending time with. I have a great job at Walgreens at the corner of Happy and Healthy. I have enough money to, to spend on crap that I frankly don't need. I've got good friends that I love just messing around with. I have responsibilities and respect on the football field, right? I have a life that's devoted to making me a great priority. Frankly, I'm a very selfish teenager. Well, I guard all of these things so intensely because they make me feel good. So when my mom comes up to me and says we're taking a weekend trip to Alabama to watch my brother graduate from the military academy, well, even though that's a big deal, it's a big deal to me. Immediately, I start throwing a fit. Doesn't she consider my needs in all this? I mean, I have plans with my girlfriend that weekend, not to mention a work schedule. I have the gym to go to, people. I have friends to goof around with. I have things for me. I mean, how selfish can she get? Unfortunately, as anyone who's ever been a teenager knows, I don't get a say in what happens. And so, just like my suitcase, I'm thrown into the back seat, and I have decided to have the worst time possible. Now, my method for revenge 
is classic, tried and true. I'm going to sulk in the back, and I'm going to shut out my parents by putting in my headphones. Right? Sulking in the silent treatment. It is the selfish teenager's bread and butter, baby. Well, the entire trip down, I am just an insufferable jerk. It's nine and a half hours of that. I don't want to talk. I don't want to eat. I don't want to be there. And by the time we get to Alabama, uh, my parents and I were ready to throw on the gloves and go toe to toe. All that kind of starts to change when you see Corey, my brother. You see, he's standing there in line with the rest of the graduates. Crisp shirt and pants ironed to perfection. His head is shaved, which is a strange thing to see because at that time he was obsessed with his hair. He's way too thin. He doesn't look good. But the strangest thing is he's not smiling. Now, my brother, he's a source of positivity and joy. The guy lights up a room when he goes in there. The darkness can't hide in any single corner. Well, bright is the farthest word that I was used to describe my brother. See, he'd been beaten down by three grueling months of rigorous training, study, starvation, the kind of physical and psychological uh, strain that can happen from somebody who's being trained into a human weapon that the military needs in order to protect us from things both foreign and at home that threaten our freedom. The military does incredible, wonderful things, but some of the byproducts of their methods mean that someone is torn down in order to be built back up. And my brother was torn down. So all day long after graduation, he, he's just not himself. He's a jumpy robot who couldn't crack a smile if he had a hammer and a chisel. He's just not himself. Now combine that with my insufferable, moody self, and it's a surprise that my parents don't leave us in Alabama. It's right around the time my brother's just staring off in the distance that my mom, she has had enough. She comes up to me and she whispers those three words in my ear that change my attitude. He needs you. You see, I'm the kind of guy, one of the only people who can really make my brother laugh. And it's my stupid and goofy personality that is the medicine that's needed to make my brother get out of the funk that he's in. So I needed to make a decision. I needed to decide to be Selfless, not self-ish. My decision to do that, the conscious decision to help my brother, it changed the environment. I made a decision to get over myself and get to work cheering him up. And when I do that, he smiles. We have the ability to change the environment that we're in, for better or for worse. But we need to choose. John Lennon, one of the founding members of the band, The Beatles, is quoted in saying this, I don't want to be a product of my environment, but instead make my environment a product of me. Now you have a powerful gift and a powerful opportunity. You can be that JND, that just noticeable difference in somebody's life, to change their circumstances with your words and with your actions. You have the ability to make a positive impact on the world around you and to change the environment, but there are two words that you need to get over in order to do that. 
These are two words that are constantly threatening to leak into our mind and change our mind from changing other circumstances. Those two words are what if. What if I'm not smart enough? What if I'm not successful? What if I fail? What if I'm laughed at? What if I get hurt? What if I get killed? What if I make a fool out of myself? What if they don't listen to me? What if, what if, what if? The power of those two words keeps us from being the you that you need to be. But we need to think about another what if. Yes, of course, there's the what if I do and bad stuff happens, but there's also the what if I don't. What if you stay selfishly and impassively in the shadows? What if you stay living for yourself? What if you don't? Sure, that'll mean you could live a life of safety and security with much less ridicule, much less challenge. But that's surviving. That's not thriving. And that's not a life worth living. And there's going to be a lot of people who you could have helped if you just decided to act, to live transformed. Living transformed transforms the world around you. But you have to make that daily decision to be selfless, not selfish. So I'm going to challenge you. There is a big world out there, but it starts with your little slice of the world. It's a whole big world out there that's waiting for you, waiting for you to decide to act, to be that JND, that just noticeable difference. There's a whole world out there waiting to smile, and you're just the person for the job. Well, bummer city, y'all. That is an end to another podcast, another month wrapped up here at Grow You. I'm super honored that you would just decide to join us again. I'm so honored you welcomed us into your ears, your heart, and your life. My challenge to you, share this with somebody. If you think it'll make a noticeable difference in their life, I challenge you to do that. Share it on social media if you think it's something that people need to hear more of. That's how we can help others to grow, to get that 1% better. I also want to thank Rachel for creating uh, this, this wonderful newsletter that we have, that editing this podcast, putting in all the hard sweat equity that she does to make this all happen. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for making the time. So my challenge to you is keep getting better. Keep growing. Keep being that just noticeable difference in somebody's life. Keep growing ever closer to the you that God wants you to be. And we'll see you next month. Much love and to your success. Grow You is a next-gen affiliation with Park Chapel Christian Church in Greenfield, Indiana. Grow You podcast is hosted by Kiefer Honeycutt. Music composed by Marble Space. Like and subscribe on YouTube and or Apple and Spotify podcasts.